it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome to Information Operation. Bill Gertz is a, uh, from the Washington Times, is one of the world's foremost national security columnists. He frequently gets scoops from around the world. We've known Bill for some time now, back from my days at the Washington Times. And welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you for coming on. Hi, Todd. Good to be on the program. So, look, I think the world is waking up to China as an existential threat to the United States and uh, allied with possible enemies uh, from within. Uh, what are your thoughts? Is uh, The military has been a lot in the press lately with CRT, et cetera. Is, is our armed forces infiltrated? Uh, to start off with, what do you think? Um, I think that uh, the problem we face is that we've had a, uh, what I call a 40-year gamble. And this is outlined in my book, Deceiving the Sky, which focuses on the threat from China. But the 40-year gamble that we've been engaged in is saying that if we just trade with China, if we just uh, ignore their arms proliferation around the world, if we ignore their human rights abuses, if we ignore their trampling of democratic rights, that this would somehow have a moderating influence and ultimately lead to a non-threatening, uh, non-communist China. And it was a spectacular failure, that policy, for 40 years. Mm -hmm. uh, during the Trump administration, people began to wake up and say, hey, we've got to do things differently. Uh, the Biden administration is trying to do things a little bit differently, adopting many of the uh, Trump-era policies towards China. Uh, but with the uh, uh, kind of fatal flaw of adopting the um, uh, Obama-era policy of so-called leading from behind. In other words, they have this notion that if we do everything with allies uh, and don't lead, don't be the out front nation on this, that this will somehow have more credibility and greater impact. And again, uh, it's not really working at this point. As for the military, um, uh, they've come a long way. I mean, uh, I can tell you that even during the Trump administration, uh, the Navy wanted to go and celebrate the anniversary of the People's Liberation Army Navy uh, in China. And uh, senior Trump administration officials said, no, you're not going to do this. Uh, this is wow. a propaganda tool and that this would, would only help, uh, it, would, it would demoralize our allies who see us as a bulwark against Chinese hegemony and expansionism. And uh, so that's that's kind of the way things are. And hope we don't go back to that in the military. They had a very aggressive program of military exchanges with China, uh, but that program is, seems to be on hold. What do you think about critical race theory being taught in the military? It's obviously from the service academies where I'm very involved with other retired flag officers uh, on down throughout the ranks. I mean, it, it seems to be a real problem and, and looks to be uh, you know, a Maoist agenda being in, imposed on our armed forces. 
Yeah, critical race theory is racist in, in and of itself. And uh, again, this is the problem with many of the military that are now trying to accommodate a leftist orientation of the Biden administration. Uh, this, is a, this is a time where the military needs to stand firm. Uh, mm -hmm. We need to see some generals and admirals willing to put their stars on the table and say that this is not uh, in any way going to enhance our warfighting capability, that this is something that should be outside of uh, all of our military training, that we shouldn't be taught to hate the United States and that the Americans are a racist uh, nation. This is, this is totally anathema to uh, military uh, tradition and training. Why do you think, um, you're right, no flag officers active duty anyway have, have really stood up. I mean, I, I understand they'll probably be fired right off the bat, but you know, all these guys took an oath. So I guess there's a, a, a trade-off, you know, do they want to stay in and try to affect change or do they want to uphold their oath and call this out and, and get fired and make an example? You know, some of these guys are on their last tour. You would think they would do this. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. I think, mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a reflection of the uh, gradual politicization of the military that has taken place uh, starting with the Clinton administration and kind of accelerating under Obama. Mm -hmm. so that you have uh, a officer cadre that is kind of steeped in uh, political correctness. Uh, and it's, again, it, it's, it, sh it should have been resisted and opposed by senior military leaders as something that is not part of the military. The military's job is very clear to fight and win the nation's wars. There, there should yeah. be no other purpose. We shouldn't be trying to make the grass grow on military bases. We shouldn't uh, be forcing... Uh, needed defense dollars into the climate change agenda, again, which is something that will detract from the ability of the military to fight and win the nation's wars. And this is yeah. really important as it relates to China, because uh, the Chinese have been building up their military forces uh, relentlessly over the last several decades. Uh, and they are obviously they have a goal. Uh, that goal is, is, is world hegemony, world global dominance. And global supremacy. And they and the Chinese communist leadership understands very clearly that in order for China to achieve that goal, which the current leader Xi Jinping calls the China dream, they have to diminish and ultimately destroy the United States. So I think this needs to be understood by our leadership. They don't understand this today. We're still dealing with China as a strategic competitor when mm -hmm. it's clear that they've gone way beyond competition. They are, they are yeah. the number one adversary of the United States. How do we hold these uh, active duty officers accountable besides media attention? Is there anything else that can be done? Well, um, I think that uh, Congress needs to step in on this. Um, obviously, right now, uh, Congress is uh, controlled in both houses by the Democrats, uh, many of whom uh, have their own agenda. Uh, and uh, the Republicans have a limited capability of legislating the kind of things that need to be done. Um, right now in Washington, power has really shifted. Uh, it's no longer the battle between um, uh, uh, Democrats and Republicans or liberals and conservatives. It's the, the political <clears throat> power center has shifted to the debates and dynamics between uh, liberal Democrats and further left uh, radical Democrats who are driving a lot of the agenda. Uh, I've, I've been seeing this uh, most recently, we saw one of the leftist groups, a number of leftist groups led by uh, Code Pink, which was the anti-Iraq uh, war group, 
uh, come out and criticize the Biden administration's tough policy on China. So the left is even working hand in glove with uh, the Chinese communists to weaken our, our policies towards China. I wanted to give you a word from our sponsor, Mike Lindell at MyPillow. We run their display ads often on CDM websites. And we had a reader uh, write in and give us a testimonial for MyPillow. It seems he's an older man who has a history of post-nasal drip during allergy season, especially during the spring. It causes him to uh, snore at night really badly. He can't sleep well. He has a lack of energy in the mornings. He's tried everything from nasal uh, tapes to drugs, even tried surgery, and nothing worked. So he decided to give MyPillow a try. Uh, he ordered it. He put it on his bed, wasn't expecting miracles. Uh, but the next morning, he woke up refreshed. And he looked over at his wife, and he said uh, she was smiling for the first time in years and said, you didn't snore. So he didn't have to sleep on the couch. He doesn't have to sleep in the other bedroom, and he's sleeping again with the woman he loves. We love those stories from our uh, readers. Uh, keep sending them in. You can get the massive discounts right now with promo code CDM at MyPillow.com. That's promo code CDM. Make sure you use that, CDM, or you won't get the, uh, the discounts at MyPillow.com. Thank you very much. So uh, my concern is, you know, I, I think the COVID was a bioweapon. I think it was launched intentionally to bring down Trump and to weaken our economy. You know, people can debate that whether it came out accidentally or not, but they definitely spread it on purpose. I mean, that's documented. Uh, my concern is as the American people start to push back, start to, uh, you know, resist uh, this coming tyranny, if you will, that China will try to do something more aggressive in a kinetic fashion, whether that's Taiwan, EMP attack or whatever. What are your thoughts? I mean, where, where are we vulnerable at this point? Well, I think you mentioned Taiwan. Clearly, uh, mm -hmm. we have seen in the last several months uh, two commanders of the indo pacom Command. Uh, one is Admiral Davidson. The other is Admiral Aquilino. The first one is the former. The second one is the current. Uh, they testified that there are clear warning signs that China plans to take over Taiwan within mm -hmm. the next uh, decade. Um, and this, this was uh, clearly a, a, a sounding the alarm on China's uh, designs for this democratic island 100 miles off the uh, southern coast of, uh, of China. On the other hand, you have uh, General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, saying, well, he doesn't think that China even has the capability of taking over Taiwan. Um, so we're, we're hearing conflicting signals even within the military. Um, also, uh, I reported on this in the Washington Times recently, Admiral Studeman, the uh, uh, intelligence chief for Indo-PACOM, uh, gave a speech recently in which he said it's, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when the Chinese are going to move against uh, Taiwan. Uh, on the plus side, we've seen uh, the Japanese deputy prime minister come out and say uh, the, the defense of Taiwan is an integral part of uh, Japan's national defense. Mm -hmm. And Japan would be willing to join a defense of Taiwan against a military attack from China. So the, the Japanese are sounding the alarm as well against uh, this. Now, uh, could the uh, uh, Chinese take over uh, Taiwan? No, but they could destroy it in a, in a massive missile strike. China mm -hmm. has some 1,200 missiles deployed within range, uh, and that includes both short-range and medium-range missiles of varying types of varying warheads, and they, 
and maybe they couldn't do an amphibious assault and take over the island, but they could destroy and decapitate the leadership and leave nothing on the island worth uh, defending. Uh, so that's really the, uh, the, the flashpoint right now. And it's been a flashpoint for many years, as I've documented in a lot of my books and reporting. So let's talk about cyber. Do you think China was behind the recent cyber attacks on the pipelines and, it's, uh, and about other things? Um, well, it's not clear on the pipeline. Uh, I think it is clear, and, and the administration came out with this, that they were behind the uh, Microsoft Exchange server hack. This mm -hmm. was uh, a massive global uh, penetration of some 300,000 computer systems worldwide, 30,000 of which were taken over completely. And uh, the uh, administration called out the Chinese in, in what we call a name and shame campaign, but they didn't impose sanctions on China as mm -hmm. was the case against Russia with the solar winds hack, uh, yeah. in which case the Treasury Department identified key officials and sanctioned them and made it more difficult for them to do financial track, uh, transactions. This is the kind of thing that needs to be done. It's okay. It's a good first step to uh, name and shame the Chinese and their uh, Ministry of State Security, the Civilian Intelligence Service, but they need to take much tougher action or it's going to continue. Uh, clearly, uh, we saw the uh, uh, Deputy Secretary of State uh, meet in uh, in China with uh, the Chinese Foreign Minister, uh, Wendy Sherman. This, this happened just over the weekend. Uh, the Chinese listed a number of demands. They want the U.S. to back off uh, Huawei. Uh, that is uh, uh, right. a technology company that is basically the U.S. has been leading the charge to prevent them from taking over our, our infrastructure, which would facilitate further Chinese hacking. So, um, you know, everybody's seen now a lot of what's been on the Hunter Biden laptop where Hunter was basically, you know, taking large sums of money from the Chinese I mean, do we have a Manchurian candidate in the White House, Bill? I mean, is, is Biden completely compromised or compromised well, on some level? I, I can't really speak to that. I haven't seen the Hunter Biden uh, laptop. I've tried to get access to it. Mm. Uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, was the guy who had that. But uh, it would certainly be useful if that information were made uh, more widely available to investigative mm. reporters to be able to uh, uh, make a determination of, of what went on. There's no question that the uh, Chinese invested uh, millions, if not billions, in trying to compromise uh, the, uh, Joe Biden through his son. And this is a very classic uh, Chinese tactic. And this is how the Chinese do corruption in their own country. Uh, they don't do it directly. They do it through offspring, uh, through relatives, uh, a wife or husband, uh, through a son or daughter. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's clear to me that the Chinese... Uh, invested uh, large sums of money in paying Hunter Biden with the idea that this would have an impact on the policies of Joe Biden when he was vice president. And of course, now that he's president, they expect uh, some return on their investment on this. Um, yeah. It would be interesting to see if uh, anything like that was discussed uh, in the uh, Deputy Secretary of State's meeting over the weekend. I'll have to introduce you to Jack Maxey. I think he'll get you a copy of the laptop quickly. <laughs> um, talk about North Korea. I know the Washington Times is, is very involved uh, in that sphere and what's happening there. We haven't heard a lot from uh, Kim. Uh, 
what, what's the latest on that on that uh, dictatorship and and how they're force facing the world? Well, uh, the intelligence assessments on North Korea were outlined in congressional testimony uh, a couple months ago, where the top intelligence officials talked about it. Uh, what they expect is that North Korea is going to pre uh, resume uh, some type of provocative activities up to and including perhaps a underground nuclear test. Hmm. Uh, so we could see short range missile tests. We could see longer range missile tests. Uh, there's been quite a bit of saber rattling uh, from Pyongyang and uh, Kim Jong-un against the United States, uh, demanding that the U.S. end its so-called hostile policy towards North Korea. But uh, so far, we haven't seen these kind of provocative actions. Uh, now, there's some uh, war games going on and uh, U.S.-South Korean war games going on. That's often a time to trigger some type of yes. uh, military provocation by the North. But again, we haven't seen much in the way of... Uh, threatening activities by the uh, Kim Jong-un regime. Uh, going back to China real quick, uh, or Japan, China uh, publicly threatened to nuke China, Japan multiple times. You don't hear much about it in that, that in the press. Uh, obviously not a credible threat, right? Well, uh, no, I think it is a credible threat. It, the reason that it hasn't gotten yeah. the attention it has is because it was done indirectly. It hasn't wasn't done directly through state media. Uh, mm -hmm. there, there have been state media carrying that. And of course, in China, the media is tightly controlled. Nothing is published without uh, official blessing. And uh, in this case, we haven't seen the, the Communist Party out, outlets uh, hammering that same theme. Uh, but it's clear that the uh, uh, Beijing is targeting uh, the, <clears throat> the Japanese regime. Uh, and this was in response to that uh, uh, Deputy Prime Minister, uh, Tara Aso, uh, stating that uh, the defense of Taiwan was uh, integral to Japan's defense, which again, I feel is a very strong uh, message. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's good that the Japanese are, are taking the lead. Uh, their security is, is threatened. However, within Japan, they also have the same debate that's been going on here. That is, do we just trade with China or do we recognize them as an existential threat? So yeah. that debate is taking place within uh, Japan. And of course, the leftist pro-China elements in Japan are, are, are advocating for, uh, let's just keep doing business with Beijing, whereas right. uh, the national security types are saying, no, we, we've got to take a stand now. So last question, um, you know, I spent some time on Wall Street and I, I, my feeling is that China is much weaker economically than most people think. I think their economy could be like a house of cards. They have to keep building cities that nobody lives in. They have massive amounts of debt. And I think the Trump tariff pressure really scared them and probably was one of the reasons for the, the coup, for lack of a better word, to, to help push Trump out. What are your thoughts on the, on the economy in China? Um, yeah, I think that, uh, again, it's a very opaque communist system. Um, there, there's no question that China's economy has uh, made incredible uh, strides in advancing mm -hmm. and making China a wealthy country, a powerful country. Uh, they've done that at our expense. They've stolen mm -hmm. our technology. Uh, and uh, the U.S. has bailed out China's Communist Party uh, too many times in the past, uh, whether yeah. it's after the Cultural Revolution or after Tiananmen or allowing them in the World Trade Organization and, and a lot of these uh, international economic, they've, they've received tremendous benefit. And uh, 
but that said, uh, I do believe that we, it could be that China's facing the same uh, situation that the Soviet Union faced in the late 80s. And that is that uh, everybody but the Central Intelligence Agency was saying that the uh, Soviet economy was on the ropes. And uh, lo and behold, in December 91, the Soviet Union collapsed. The a same kind of thing could happen, although the current intelligence estimates, again, based on the congressional testimony we heard earlier this year, that Xi Jinping has is, is thoroughly in control. The Communist Party is thoroughly in control. They purged any any even potential opposition. Uh, but there's a lot of dissatisfaction within China. Uh, the Chinese people hate the Communist Party of China, and okay. despite the propaganda which portrays it as uh, the leader of the Chinese people, they, this is a a, a a criminal enterprise. The Communist Party of China. It's anyone associated with it. Uh, history will will. Uh, punished very severely. Uh, I, I'm convinced of that. Uh, it's only a matter of time where eventually the, Ch the Communist Party of China will uh, be defeated and replaced, uh, hopefully with a, a democratic and open and free system. Well, with that, uh, that was very informative, Bill. Thank you. I, I want to have you back on a few months down the road once some of the stuff in Taiwan, et cetera, develops. But uh, again, thank you for your insight. It's it's uh, very, uh, very much appreciated. Have a good day. Thank we'll have you back. Thank Take you, care. Todd.